0: In this special edition of Makers on the Road, we're coming to you from KubeCon CloudNativeCon Europe 2022 in Valencia, Spain. Hello and welcome. I'm Jennifer Riggins, the culture correspondent at The New Stack. And here we are at KubeCon EU in the beautiful city of Valencia. How are you doing today? Please introduce yourself and tell us how you're doing.
1: Absolutely. My name is Maddie Stratton. I'm a staff developer advocate at Palumi. I'm really excited to be at, this is my second KubeCon uh, in person. And it is my first time in Valencia slash also in Spain and in my first KubeCon EU in person. So Ooh.
0: Well, I hope you have time to stay later because yes. Spain is well, a wonderful country. Well, I came early. Country. I didn't stay oh. later. So yeah. Excellent choice. So for those that don't know Pulumi, let's give a quick rundown of what Pulumi is and why would the lovely listeners out there on the interweb care?
1: Absolutely. Who would like to care? So Pulumi is, you know, universal infrastructure as code. And when we think about infrastructure as code, it's a way of, you know, we're building out resources, whether they cloud resources, clusters, things that make applications go, right? Our infrastructure. And we're defining them using some kind of code, some kind of programming, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a lot of times in infrastructure as code, we're using domain-specific language, using a config file, where actually we call it infrastructure as code, but we're not actually writing any code. So I like to think about Pulumi as infrastructure as software. And what that fundamentally means is when I'm writing Pulumi code, I'm writing it using a general purpose programming language like TypeScript or Python or Go or any of the .NET languages, or as we'll talk about in a minute, Java even, and all of the associated JVM languages. So there's tons of languages. So the great thing about that is not only do you maybe already know this programming language, because that's the language you use to build your applications, but you're able to use all the things that a programming language has available to it, like conditionals and loops and packages and testing tools and an IDE and a whole ecosystem, right? So that makes it a lot more powerful and gives us a lot of great abstractions we can do.
0: And you all have been around for a bit now. And what types of customers do you usually have? Who is your user and what type of customers are there? So
1: there's no typical customer, which is no great. Right. I Right. Go figure, right? Everybody's different, but every snowflake has six sides. Uh, <laughs> what we'll see is there's, there's uh, just because... Lots of different organizations have different patterns. So when you say, what kind of customers do we have? We could talk about just what kinds of companies, and that's across the board. We have large enterprises, we have startups, we have you 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 name it, we are represented somewhere. Which is not unsurprising when we talk in emergent tech, we see that across the board. I've been at lots of different places, and I've seen that across. Now, what kinds of teams and folks are using Pulumi within organizations we see it for sure within, you know, your more traditional operations teams who are building out infrastructure on demand, et cetera, like that. But also we see a lot within the kind of you wrote it, you run it teams, the, you know, feature teams that are doing their their own part of building their own infrastructure or their parts of the infrastructure. Where maybe you have like a central web ops team or cloud ops team or something like that that's that's building out or a platform team. That's laying down the core infrastructure, but we'll see those patterns where you'll have uh, a, a teams like that, and they'll be using Pulumi, but then the feature team that's writing a service or doing something like that, they're able to build upon that and write their own Pulumi code for the pieces that matter to them. And so we see a lot of that. There's again, there's, there's different patterns, and I come from a very traditional ops background. I you know, always like to say I spent a couple decades working in tech ops, and now they pay me to talk about it. And so I see folks that come from my background, but I also see software engineering folks. Software engineers really like Pulumi a lot because it's a great glide path for them. They already know JavaScript. They already know Go, right? They already know C Sharp. But now they have to learn cloud or they've learned Kubernetes. So at least they only have to learn one thing. They don't have to, you know, so that's always helpful.
0: Okay. And in the time of no code and low code... Do developers or ops even want to be doing this, or do they do they want this level of control, or do they prefer automation across? Well, them? it
1: is a little bit of automation. When I think about low code and no code, it's a little less to me about when we're building a service, right? So again, a lot of stuff to me. Actually, what was the ultimate, like the original no uh, low code to me was Microsoft Access, right? Oh, right. You know, what I mean, at the end of the day, that's how I kind of I feel, right? We're we're enabling people to solve a problem using just enough tech. Right. And so that's actually where this kind of comes in. We're we're kind of going all the way up the stack and saying, we're giving you just enough to be able to accomplish everything that you need to accomplish, but no more than you need. And, And maybe even not so much no more than you need, no more than you want. Right. Like keep it out of the way. So when we think of some of the abstractions we can do with this kind of infrastructure as software, we can take your platform team that are experts in, let's say, how Kubernetes clusters should be built. And they can create a component, which is, you know, some type of, basically, it's a software package that defines, okay, these are the best practices of our organization of how clusters are. But a development team that wants a cluster, they have two properties that they care about for the cluster. They actually don't want to have to worry about the 150 other things you might have to define and what it means to, to create a cluster. And so... It is a little bit like low-code. Yes, it's technically we're writing code, but I'll I'll talk about a feature we just announced that makes it even less code. But you're exposing just enough. And actually, guardrails are great. People like guardrails because it's not about keeping them from doing something they shouldn't. It's being able to focus on what they want to accomplish.
0: Yeah, the individuals and the governance, the security, a lot of people business side like guardrails too. So... From the beginning, you've been calling it a universal IS, but it's only recently universal, right? A lot of new features that are making it more universal, more broad spread and polyglot, well, right? Th-
1: there's a couple of bits of that. And we just announced our, you know, had, had a bunch of new features that came out two weeks ago. One of which was adding another programming language, and that programming language was Java. And
0: no one uses that obviously. No one uses it's
1: been around for a minute. Uh, And and the thing about Java is it's not just, it's the JVM. So it's every JVM language. So we just added like 14 more programming languages when we did that. So you've got Scala, you've got, you know, Kotlin, you've got all these things. So not only does it give us a broader scope of that, but there's lots of organizations, like you said, lots of organizations with Java expertise. So that really creates, that's really, really powerful. But then almost on the other side of that was we released support for YAML. And yes, YAML is, its I mean, it's a language, right? And to so a lot of folks are like, well, isn't this not what Pulumi is about? I thought Pulumi was about using general purpose programming languages. Well, what you can do, like, are you going to use YAML to define very complex infrastructure in Pulumi? Probably not. But when we thought about those abstractions and that just enough, so it's almost the low code solution. So I'm, if we go back to my example of I'm the Kubernetes expert in my organization. And maybe I will write in my programming language of choice, maybe it's Go, I'm going to write this component, which is fundamentally a library, that says this is a cluster. This is all the things and all the things and it's all what's all been pre-approved and security is authorized and said, yes, this is it. So we know. And you can't change it. I mean, I can because I wrote it, but it's in through the thing. But anyone who consumes it, they just part in their part. Well, you know what? Up until two weeks ago, you still could do this, but you would bring it into a. You'd write a TypeScript program. That was a very short TypeScript program because it was create a new object called cluster with these two properties. So
0: boring, extra work.
1: Right. Doesn't matter. Well, no, well, and but maybe or now you can do now you can do it with YAML, right? You're just defining that, so it's even more low code because you're like, okay, I don't even have to put any because I might I probably in that thing that's assembling those components. I don't really need to do the things that the programming language is giving me. I'm not doing loops. I'm not doing conditionals. I'm not doing all this. I'm just defining I want a thing, right? And so the other thing, though, is you may find, even if you don't have that situation, maybe you're just sort of getting started with this. You're like, okay, I think I want to do some pretty simple stuff. I can probably define it all in YAML and Pulumi. And then you hit a point and you go, oh, this got more complicated. This is more than YAML could do. We have a thing we call Pulumi uh, where you can sit and you can eject that YAML that you wrote into another programming language. So you're like, you know what? I was doing this all in YAML. Now it's time. You know what? I really would rather do this in Python. So you're not starting from nothing, you know, and then it lets you go and do that. And the thing that's actually the next little bit of powerfulness about this, because of how that conversion works of all of that, it lets us do, lets anybody do things that maybe... I wouldn't recommend to do for real, but they might be fun. Mm-hmm. One of my colleagues has written a, a blog post that was it was like deploying Kubernetes in ridiculous programming languages. <laughs> and so he kind of looked at it and said, well, because basically any programming language that can generate YAML or fundamentally JSON can then come into that. So he... Wrote some Perl to create a Kubernetes cluster. He wrote some Fortran to create a Kubernetes cluster. And it was on Hacker News. And everyone's like, why would you do this? We're like, well, you wouldn't. But it illustrates the point really well, which is whatever kind of thing that gives you that that connection. So it gives you a lot of opportunity, a lot of option.
0: Which is what people want within guardrails, as we yeah. said.
1: Yes. Well, and the when you're talking about the guardrails, I just want to give one example. I, I've heard this from several different organizations that that uh, have adopted Pulumi, where they'll be in a scenario where, you know, again, let's let's use Kubernetes clusters as an example because this tends to come up a lot. Also, we're at KubeCon, so, you know, come on. And where it might normally, okay, I'm a delivery team, I'm a service team somewhere, and I'm like, okay, I want to spin up some infrastructure. Well, everything I want to do has to get approved by security and compliance and all this stuff, and it could take weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, in these organizations, because, The Pulumi component that they wrote that says this is what a cluster is with these four possible inputs you can change has been approved and stamped. They can just use it. They don't have to go through that process because that was codified that way. And it is a huge accelerator in that point. So that's one of the places we've seen a lot of adoption is just that ability to create those guardrails. And, in, and by defining your infrastructure as code, and this is one of the things to me, I, I worked at Chef, I was part of the Chef community for a long time then worked at Chef. And even then I've always thought, I said, we call it infrastructure as code, but really it's always been infrastructure using code because we didn't really treat our infrastructure like code itself, but now we sort of are because we're saying our infrastructure itself are components that, have these pieces so i think it's getting closer to that idea
0: where everything is componentized or codified codified or component
1: componentized or (laughs) commodified. there's lots of words they might mean things yes they're just it's all just legos all all, all the way down if
0: you go around you'll see that So let's just real quick go through and make sure we get uh, the other key features. So everyone. Oh, that we've listening. come out with,
1: yeah, the new. Yeah. We had a lot of really new stuff that, that it was it was pretty exciting announcements a couple of weeks ago. One thing is we've had a feature that we call AWS Crosswalk, and what that is is it's really a set of libraries and reference components for building things in AWS. So if you might think about, okay, if I'm going to set up a certain like a Fargate cluster. I'm also going to need a VPC. I'm also to, there's a bunch of stuff that all goes together. Well, I don't, you know, it's kind of a pain to sit there and have to write the code to do all those things. Well, in Crosswalk, you know, we kind of know what the things you're going to need, so it basically creates almost like a super resource that buy, it contains all those things, makes it way easier. So, but up until two weeks ago, it was only available in TypeScript. And as someone who was learning Pulumi a little over a year ago because he joined Pulumi to be a developer advocate, but likes Go, was like, oh, well, I'm going to look at the tutorial we have for this thing, but write it in Go. And then like, oh, this is a lot more to do because... So the big announcement was Crosswalk is now available in every supported Palumi programming language. Wow. So that's powerful. And, and then we are going to continue to work on making that available for other things like Azure and GCP we, we have we have similar things like that for Kubernetes already. We um, if you're familiar with the AWS uh, CDK which is again like uh, very similar to Pulumi where you can use programming languages to then work with cloud formation. So all of those things created in CDK you can now actually leverage in Pulumi. So you can use the Pulumi authoring experience and execution engine with all of the great resources that exist for CDK, but not use cloud formation and its limitations that people bump their head against sometimes. Okay. So it's a really, it's a better together, it's an interop story, and that's really exciting. And the the YAML piece is what comes in a lot. We also have a preview coming of what we call our native provider for Google Cloud. So we have a couple different ways we build providers, and providers are just how do we talk to a resource we want to do. And what we call a native provider is one where... It's generated according to the API spec that the cloud provider provides themselves, as opposed to having to go in and say, like, what does this do? So we've had a native provider for Azure and for Kubernetes for a while. And what that does is, for example, we use Azure as the example, because Azure publishes their API spec, and, so, and we build our provider nightly. So when there's a new resource available or new properties on a resource, they're available in Pulumi within 24 hours. Automatically, with none of us having to write a line of code, and so we we're able to start doing that with with AWS when they released the Cloud Control API, and then Google GCP has a similar API coming that we're working with. So those are continuing to add, and then Kubernetes is there because it's always very <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, well, it's well, well, it's well, well. Also, so it's, it's all Kubernetes. the thing. Kubernetes is all the things to all the people, whether they and, want it or not. Yep,
0: and whether they get it or not. Yeah. Well, this has been great. It's very clear that. Pulumi is moving in the direction of giving more choice to the developer or the ops teams. Yeah. But also in your current customers, it allows more people in an organization to adopt the benefits without having to change the way they work.
1: Correct. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And that's, I've been part of the DevOps community for a long time and all that I want to see out of DevOps and all of this work is how do we collaborate better together? How do we... Be more cross-functional, and that's why this all makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> okay,
0: we're on day one of like real KubeCon. What do you hope to get out of it, real quick?
1: Ah, uh, really? What what I I love to this is the same thing I always have for any conference. Is it's you know, and people say this is the hallway track. I think there are a lot of great a lot of great talks. What I'm what I'm hoping to get out of it was to see. I'm hoping to get out of it is actually uh, like the time turner that Hermione Granger had because there's a lot of talks that happen at the same time that I want to see and then also a lot of talks that happen at the time when I have to do something else but I'm really hoping to sort of talk to folks about what they've seen and what resonated to them because that to me, like seeing through the lens of others helps me understand what we can do in the industry. But I also am really hoping to get out of this seeing people who I think are great speakers and great people that have awesome information and seeing them being able to share that with people who maybe have never had that shared with them before. And that's what's awesome about events like this.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on Simplecast to listen to more episodes on the Newstack Makers. Create and share your favorite audiogram using our Simplecast player. More articles and great stories. Go to thenewstack.io.